Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Monsignor's Parish Radio. I am flying solo this time, so please bear with me as I make this supplemental episode as my normal confreres in this endeavor, Andrew and Stephen, can't be with me uh, this week, so I thought I would just speak to you directly a little bit about a uh, follow-up about what we talked about last week as far as Lent and penance and things like that. So just a couple of things. Um, and a lot of my material is actually coming from a great little book called A Do-It-At-Home Retreat by Father André Ravier, uh, based on the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius Loyola. So first let's talk about... Uh, method for daily examination of conscience. The daily examination of conscience is a key tool to progress in the spiritual life, to really work on our faults, defects, to avoid sin, um, and to really reflect on our relationship with our Lord, which is, of course, the key to life, period. That's the point of this life, is to be in relationship with God and ultimately to be happy with Him forever in heaven. So there, we could look at Ignatius, St. Ignatius of Loyola, giving us a method for our examination of conscience. And it should usually be made in the evening or at least before retiring. Um, and from this, we can also derive good fruit if we make our practical resolutions from our morning prayer uh, for the next day. This is all tied together, right? Normally, we have to understand that our day begins the evening before, and the examination will help us be mindful of that. So we could look at Ignatius's five steps to make an examination. So the first point is, I will thank God, our Lord, for the graces, both spiritual and temporal, that I have received, particularly for those received since my last examination of conscience. So first, thanksgiving. Second is the grace to know my sins, and to struggle to rid myself of them. That's key. We need God's grace for everything that we do. All good comes from God. And to know our sins, and thus we can struggle better against them, and more specifically apply the grace that God gives us through the ordinary means, first of all, uh, sacraments, but all those actual graces that we get from the sacramentals that we use and, of course, our prayer to rid ourselves of these sins. Third, review conduct, hour by hour, or at least period by period, morning, afternoon, late afternoon, tea time, what have you. Review your conduct, hour by hour, period by period, and from the moment that you wake up in the morning until the time of your examination. Examine, first of all, your thoughts, then your words, than your actions. Or perhaps you know some other suitable formula. That's fine. It doesn't have to be this specifically. This is just a helpful guide. The fourth point is to ask sincerely from God, our Lord, pardon for the faults we've committed. To really be as sincere as possible. Um, and that sincerity, that real true contrition, we want to make as perfect as possible. And we want to start thinking there for also, of how we're going to amend our life, of what practical resolutions we can do to not do these things in future, and perhaps what penances we can uh, impose on ourselves or accept those passive purgations that life brings us 
so that we can make reparation and satisfaction for those sins, restore glory to God. And fifth, we make a resolution to amend our lives with God's grace. In order to make this amendment, we will try to foresee the difficulties that lie ahead from the time of this examination until the next. We will ask our Lord to enlighten and to come to our help when we face them. Remember that God doesn't really take temptation away. Not usually. That's not what he wants for us. He wants us to conquer. He wants to aid us, be unified with us in conquering and growing in virtue. He wants us to merit. And we have to face up to temptation. We have to conquer it in order to merit. So don't be discouraged that perhaps your prayers feel unanswered if that you still are drawn to something that's not good or even evil. It's a temptation. God wants you to conquer. But we cannot conquer without him. So pray. He is ready and willing to help us. Have great confidence in God our Father, especially in making your resolutions that should be very practical, but still always relying on God's grace and the avenue of grace that he affords us. At the end of our examination, we should end with a suitable prayer, such as the Our Father. This examination, if done well, takes about 15 minutes, but it doesn't have to take that long. It's better that we do something quick and as thorough as we can, rather than not at all. So do not neglect your examination. Now, we mentioned last week we were talking about penance, which is consists of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, and I would like to offer just some supplemental remarks on that matter. Penance can be either interior or exterior. A lot of times we focus on the exterior. But interior penance consists of having sorrow for our sins. This is another reason why the examination is so important in growing in the spiritual life. So interior penance has this sorrow for sins with the firm purpose of not committing them, or any sin at all, really, again. Now, this is not an intermittent sentiment, but one that is constant. It forms a part of a Christian's normal state of soul, just as sin forms a part of our lives. We're trying to make it more Christian and not sinful. This is interior penance. Now, exterior penance is actually the result of interior penance. It consists of inflicting punishment on ourselves for the sins we've committed. Exterior penance can be further divided into two categories, involuntary and voluntary. I've mentioned the involuntary ones already. Let's look at them more carefully. The chief type of exterior penance, if one can really call it a penance, is that involuntary penance that comes to us in our day-to-day activities. This involuntary penance, this exterior penance, consists of a filial acceptance of everything that constitutes our human condition. Remembering that God is our Father, we're in His divine providence and care. So everything that fulfills our human condition, such as work, suffering, tiredness, hunger, thirst, even death itself. Everything that makes us die a little bit by a little bit, such as age, sickness, infirmities, reverses of fortune, 
aches and pains, separations from loved ones, mourning of loved ones. Death is a great penance giver. We should never forget all the consequences and punishment due to sin. That is why we have all of this. It's sin. Sin is the great enemy. Let's not forget that. But remember the words of our Lord. If you disobey, you will die the death. And so part of our penance is to accept that punishment as it is, not complain or worry about it, but to see God's good purpose in it. So this, to this first and chief type of involuntary penance is added exterior penance that is voluntary or freely imposed. And we can have exterior voluntary penance basically in three ways. The first method is concerned with food, fasting. When we put aside whatever is not essential in regard to eating, we practice not penance, but temperance. Penance comes about when we abstain from eating what is normal for us to eat. Let me say this distinction again. Temperance is simply when we put aside what is not essential. That's temperance. That's the virtue that we should be practicing anyway. Penance comes about when we abstain from eating what is normal for us to eat. And the more we do without it, the greater is the penance. However, we must watch out that we don't compromise our health, of course. This is why we should all be under direction of a spiritual director or a regular confessor, at the minimum, a pastor who knows us somewhat well. Second, the second method of this exterior voluntary penance deals with sleep. How I love sleep. Anyway, sorry, a small reverie there. There is no penance when we give up what is unnecessary and what causes us to be soft and lazy. This is simply being virtuous, very much like temperance with regard to food. But there is penance when we reduce the amount of sleep that is normal and natural to us. And provided our health is not harmed, the more we reduce it, the better is the penance. In case one has the habit of sleeping too much, he should cut back on his normal amount of sleep at least for a short time in order to come to that happy mean of virtue. The third uh, method of exterior voluntary penance is of the chastising of the body, or in other words, of inflicting physical pain on it. This is done by the use of penitential instruments. Perhaps you've read about it in Lives of the Saints or in other, other material of historical interest. Whipping cords, hair shirts, I mentioned this in a homily not too long ago about this particular practice of St. Thomas More, who wore velvet doublets and things of his state, being a courtier and the Chancellor of England, on the outside. But on the inside, he was doing penance. This type of penance is proper to use only those instruments that cause superficial or external pain and do not result even in leaving bruises. We don't want to go too far. We have to be wary of excess as well as defect. It is of vital importance that a person who feels either within uh, their prayer that he would like to use penitential instruments, he must absolutely be under the direction of a very prudent and sensible director or confessor and must abide by his advice strictly. 
Let me just add two last things. Voluntary exterior penances aim at accomplishing three principal effects. First of all, to make satisfaction for our past faults and sins. Second, to conquer ourselves. That's where the real battle is fought, isn't it? To conquer ourselves. That's to say, our to order our sensible nature so that it will obey our conscience. And thirdly, to seek and obtain a grace which we earnestly desire. For example, deep sorrow for sin, or compassion for the pains and sufferings of Christ our Lord, or perhaps for light needed to clarify some question we're wrestling with, some decision that we need to make, for some soul who is in grave need. For these reasons, exterior penances are closely linked with the prayer of petition. The feeling of contrition for our sins can come about by doing penance, and it can feed into doing penance. It's often a good idea for us to make some changes in the way we eat or sleep or practice our penance so that we can feel the pinch and that, they, that we make sure that we're doing good by it. Especially if we want some light or some prayer of petition answered, we should do some two, three days of penance. Remember our Lord said, when the disciples asked him why they could not cast out a demon, he said, because some cannot be expelled except by prayer and fasting. So penance, fasting, almsgiving, prayer itself, these exterior mortifications, all can lend great power to our prayer when we pray well and when we pray united to Christ and Our Lady. God, our Lord, knows our human nature infinitely better than we do. So in this matter of penances, we must experiment a little in order to find out what is proper for each of us. But we must never neglect penance. God love you.